1: Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next
0: adventure on Fishing Booker.
1: Welcome to DSC's Campfires with Larry Wiseau, a unique blend of hunting, fishing, wildlife conservation, and the outdoor lifestyle. DSC's Campfires is brought to you by DSC, conservation, education, and hunter advocacy. Hornady, accurate, deadly, dependable. Trigicon, brilliant aiming solutions. Taurus, award winning pistols and revolvers. Mossberg, American built, American strong. Habit, our gear, your adventure. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of DSC's Campfires tonight truly around a campfire if you will unfortunately the outside is a little bit windy <laughs> we're up close to uh, i guess just south of lubbock a little way here in texas on the edge of the uh, of the rolling plains and and uh, not too far off the double fork i'm uh, sorry the double mountain fork of the brazos river and we're here with Craig Archer, a very dear friend from the last several years, and of course with with Brandon Houston as well too. Brandon, you know through some of the things that he and I do together, including the journey, and Brandon served as my co-host as a time or two, and also served as the host of the podcaster time or two. It's windy outside, and tonight we had hoped to have a campfire outside, but I'm telling you the wind is probably 40 to 50 miles an hour kind of out of the south and, and southeast or southwest, but uh, way too loud to try to do anything, and no way we could wear our hats in that situation. We'd be chasing them all evening, but Craig, we're coming off of a, a most interesting hunt here with Double uh, A Outfitters, and uh, I know that we've had some absolutely fantastic, successful hunts in the past with you guys for mule deer and for whitetail and a few other things. These last couple days have kind of been interesting, haven't they? They
2: have been. They have been. Whether it be the wind, whether it be (laughs) two cold fronts coming in and being 60 one day and the next day being 82 and then back down to 69 and... It's kind of like we've been on a roller coaster <laughs>
1: you yeah. know though that seems to be the texas weather and yes. and this area that we're in up in the, the edge of the panhandle i guess is, is a good description of anything kind of the south end of lano estacado is that winds are kind of like they are in wyoming they are yes. <laughs> it's going to be windy you, you don't know which direction it's going to be and you don't really have any ideas to it comes out of nowhere what, what the velocity might be yeah. as well too you
3: walk outside and it's completely calm the next thing you know you're hitting the face and you're you're covered in red sand and exactly. red dirt, and you're pulling it out of your ears with Q-tips for days on end. And we were laughing today when we were talking about what was it, late January? When we came down here, oh and, yeah, and it was 35 mile an hour winds, and Larry oh, and I were in the high rack for eight right. hours. And I got in the shower that night, and the water went from clear to red real Three quick. To red, baby,
2: yeah. And you're hoping that it's coming out of the faucet, but
3: it's not. Yeah, <laughs> not it's not coming was... out of the faucet. It was coming out of me. Yeah, it, was it was coming out out off of, of me. Night. We, I mean, it's such a fine, gritty sand. It just gets in and everywhere, and and our hats were red. Oh yeah. Larry's hat was redder, well, browner. Yeah. My,
1: my beard almost <laughs> turned red again. Red,
3: red, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was best. It, 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 it took well, him back many years. But it not,
2: did. But it also, you know, it gets in your weapons. It gets in every nook and cranny of everything you're doing. And I it mean, really that's does. That's one of the things that I've learned out here is, Man, you might carry a gun in a truck for about a week. After that, buddy, you better take it inside to clean it because it's not going to work
3: properly. Yeah, one of our cameras, we actually lost one of our audio inputs. Oh, wow. Because it just got so much dust built into I mean, that day we were out there. I mean, there, there's just there's nothing you can do. I mean, we could have had them zipped up, but you know as well as I do. The moment we'd have zipped it and sat back in that chair, here it's a shooter, a shooter would have walked out. Oh, yeah, it would have happened. So we just had to kind of keep it cracked, and there was times we were standing up and sitting down to get it out of our eyes, And but, sure. you know, it's part of it, and yeah. I'll do it every single day of the week, and Absolutely. I'll sacrifice every input on every camera we've got to be out here doing that.
2: Unfortunately, I would prefer the other days.
1: <laughs> Brandon, do you want to tell these folks a little bit about what we're here for? We've been here for about four or five days now, and, and uh, the hunt essentially has come to a standstill, to where it'll be a continued hunt as well.
3: Yeah, we've we've come out here to chase small dad this week, and and Craig's had them had them patterned really really well. But you know, there's no high fences around here. These are free ranged animals, and they can come and go as they please. And this is big country.
2: It is big country. And
3: we got out there, and we went after them. And this is not you know just a walk out across the pasture type of deal. And you know, you're talking sheer elevations that I mean. Some of the some of the places are just not, you cannot get to them, right? And we hunted them hard, and well, we glassed yeah. a lot of country. I thought my eyeballs were going to pop out of my head. And we caught one glimpse of those. Th- we had three big. Rams? You had three big rams yeah. that were three big ram that were picked together. out. And this is their 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 time of year that they're breeding. Mm-hmm. And well, we, we did hiked. get a glimpse of them. We did get a glimpse of them, and it was a glimpse. It was a glimpse. But and. You know, you, you, we were talking, I was talking with Brandon and Joey. Um, you know, when you're driving into that that pasture in there and you're looking at that canyon wall where we saw those, where you had been watching them, and it just looks like it's just a, a canyon.
2: That's all it looks like, yeah.
3: And we learned real quick the other day that it goes for miles, miles and miles. And it, it, you, you completely forget you're in Texas. Right. Yeah. And, but, but what's cool about that is... is is what we found when we got back there. We ended up finding an an old Indian campground. You know, it was covered in all types of shells, all types of things. It's just one of the many reasons we love being out here is you never know what you're gonna see. You never know what you're gonna find. This country is so untouched. It's so big. There's no doubt in my mind that in those canyons in the back back there, there's probably places that a human foot has never stepped. Well, you know,
2: and that's one of the things about out here, especially. Is I mean, I've been here 15 years, and I know I still haven't touched every one of them yet to yeah. this day. So if I haven't touched them, just imagine I've been here that long. Imagine what everybody else is working on.
1: Yeah. I, I dare say you can be here another 15 years and I, you're not going to touch kind of all those places. Place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I
3: don't think it's possible. But, but but I got us off on a rabbit trail. We have hunted our absolute tail off. Yeah. We've been all over this country, and we spent a the day before yesterday and this morning and watching a huge, huge canyon that was just riddled with, with trails. And these are trails that, as we all talked about, you know they're being used every day. Oh, yeah. They're beat to the ground. They look like, It looks like a vein system throughout those canyons. And they go for miles and miles and miles. But you can tell, I mean, we walked country this afternoon that you couldn't take two steps without being on an all that track or being on all that droppings. That's correct. And we walked and They're good at what they do, which
2: is hiding. They are. They're very good at it. And it doesn't. Th- that's another thing about this country. And it only takes a few seconds and, and they're out of sight. Yeah. And, and they can move <clears throat> so far so quick that you know i mean you just can't ever catch up to them
1: and the thing about it is here they really don't have to move that far because we're hunting kind of the breaks of the of the double uh, mountain fork of the brazos and some of the most beautiful reddish canyons combined with and i'm not sure i need to find out a little bit more about the geology of this area because it's almost like a salt uh type of crystalline material that you find a lot and of
2: in there, a lot of and then
1: uh, yes a lot of jip is right and then all these canyons some of these canyons are 30 40 50 feet deep mm-hmm. and they'd be almost like a sheer side but with a trail yeah. and there may be a way to get out of the at the beginning of it, or maybe not, well, maybe not. <coughs> and and then two, there are all these washouts underneath, kind of overhang type thing, where these all will love to crawl into. I mean, we found several different beds that were underneath those situations, and and uh, and the all is, is one of those animals. He, he grew. I mean, they originally from the Barbary Coast, if you will, of northern Africa, <coughs> in, in the northern part of the Sahara Desert, and where they grew up, they may never taste water because what water they get, it's metabolic water that comes from the plants that they eat. Well here we do have water and they may visit the water and they may even in some instances I've seen them even wallow like a bull elk. You know get mud all over them kind of thing. But you can't count on that and uh, they were probably introduced in this country probably starting in about the what 1950's or something like that. Somewhere along into there and They've multiplied to a, a substantial number, but they're also up and down this river system that yeah. you have here, with all the different types of, of uh, little drainages coming in. Of course, there are wheat fields, you know, scattered along through this area as well too. So they they could be highly mobile as well too. But and their eyesight is phenomenal, like on yeah. any of the the bighorn sheep kind of thing. And, and unlike some of the bighorn sheep type of things, they tend to be very much herd animals, and you may have anywhere from five or six to as many as thirty or forty of them in the same group. We start thinking about all those eyeballs that can be watching, and they're and they are. They're they are. watching continually. Kind and of, and you thing.
3: better be on your game. You've you got to be on your game. But...
2: And that's another thing: is being up in there with all those breaks. That wind's constantly swirling. Oh, oh man! Which makes it even even worse. Yeah. I mean, you know. and sometimes
3: I, I felt like, especially today, I felt like as we would get into those breaks, especially in those canyons, that it was almost like it would channel it, yep. and it was ten times increased. Oh yeah! And it, it was, was just like it's a like thermal a wind suction. <laughs> yeah, it was a ther- it, Even even to the point that that this morning, when we sat down, Larry said. You better hold for your windage," he said, "because that bullet can move. I mean, it can move up to eight inches, and we're and we're and not more, talking. more, and some How have for and, you and, shooting. And, and what we were referring to was, I mean, not five, six, seven hundred yards. Right. We're talking a canyon straight down. But te- technically, we're only going maybe three hundred yards, three hundred forty yeah, yards. Got yeah. But that that wind that's being sucked down in those canyons is just unreal. Yeah. We yeah, were, that,
1: that wind velocity up here maybe thirty miles an hour here. Yeah. But as you, you channel that thing, it may be 40 to 50 yeah. as well, too. I've, I've hunted all dead in some of this type of country in the past and, and I've actually seen the bullet on a 300, yard shot drift 12, 14, 16 inches and even farther than that in time. And that's with good bullets, yeah. with high ballistic coefficients, with a decent amount of weight, with a decent amount of velocity and, and still will drift that far. I, I shot a I shot a young dad years ago, and it wasn't my intention. We were hunting a little bit farther south of here, but it was a huge canyon, if you will, with unbelievable winds, and I, I thought, well, I'll hold about three body lengths to the right of the ram that I was trying to shoot. I pulled the trigger, hold with that kind of wind, into the wind. There's about a six-month-old... Male lamb that was like two sheep down or oddad down from the one that I was shooting yeah. at. They hit squarely through the shoulder. So that wind drift wow. was oh, unbelievable. Boy. And that was back when we, were, when they first came out with the 270 WSM, and we were shooting some heavy bullets for that oh, time with great ballistic coefficient, and still it did one of those things. You shot into the wind and it still drifted yeah. a long way, and that's when I really learned about what wind drift can do to you in those kind of situations.
3: Well, I think that's an important thing because you know you get a lot of guys that, you know whether they wanna go hunt and all that, if they're not used to this country
1: yeah.
3: and they're gonna be in those canyons, you, like we've talked about in the beginning, you, you can look at the radar and it can show fifteen mile-hour winds, and I mean, that fast changed well. to 35. I mean. I will tell you this, all of all of hunting this past hunting season, I, in, in the times that we've been here, there hasn't been very many times where we haven't had at least a day of strong wind. The, that, this country's known for that. It is. But so, you know, those guys that are going to go hunt in that canyon type of country where they're going to be shooting over those big gorges like that, right. that's something they definitely need to study up on.
2: Study up on, yeah, because, I mean, you know, these big, these all that hunts out here in this big country aren't just for everybody no no they're I mean, not you've got to be it's it's physically demanding <laughs> you know and, it is whatever, i'm telling whatever you whatever you're talking about people are like oh it's just he said this canyon's is only 50 foot deep it's 50 foot deep but it's straight down yeah you know it's it's no joke
3: well day two day two i think it was yeah it was day two the morning of day two we the three of us that's when we went into that pasture and that's when we spotted those three ramps correct. Yeah. so had that been the case that the reason we couldn't go after them was because the wind. The only way to approach that was from a northern direction. From the northern. We, direction. That that wind would have been squared our back, blown those rams way out of there. We didn't yeah. never probably ever laid eyes on them. And
1: that, our only approach would have been where the sun would have been in our face yeah, our as face, well too. And I mean that, they're going to see that movement. Their eyesight is like almost as good as a pronghorn antelope or like any of the other sheep or goat or or a tur type species and. Their eyesight's phenomenal. And again, it's not just one, you're not trying to fool one animal. In that instance, we knew there were at least three rams three there. Rams. Well, there could have been much more there as well, too, that Absolutely. we couldn't see. So you're, you're trying to fool the eyes and the noses and the ears, not so much, but particularly the eyes and the noses of maybe 20, 30 animals. And they're all very attentive, trying to figure oh. out what's going on because. They're, they're, they're an amazing animal. To me, of all the exotics that we have here in Texas, the Audad is, to me, the, 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 the most fantastic. Animal. I mean, there's some that are more majestic in certain ways, but yep. they, these animals here, these older rams, they can weigh 300 pounds.
3: Oh, all day long.
1: I mean, that's, that's a big animal. Uh, they're, and they're
3: extremely handsome, standing up there, Oh, chaps, chaps in, in that mane. I mean, they oh. have
1: chaps on there. And you, you get one standing up on a hillside or up on a, a little old old or whatever, or a little outcropping. I mean, that breeze is blowing that. Oh, my gosh, they're absolutely fantastic. And a good mature ram will have anywhere from, depending on whether he's broomed or not or where he's from, but anywhere from about 30-inch or more horn, Talking about length on both sides of the kind of back swept type of horns with pretty good kind of mass and they are a very very impressive looking animal
3: oh they're handsome i mean they're it doesn't matter if they're flat on the ground with you they're standing (laughs) up there on a ridge we were talking about that on our way back this afternoon was you know the you know those big mature rams and that that coat almost gets that red color. Okay. Oh,
1: they do. They have a tendency as they get older to, to more be more reddish. Other than yep. that, they're kind of a light brown, tannish kind of color the, the females are. And, and the females also have horns, just not as big as what the males do. And, but, uh, and they tend to kind of breed year round and they're extremely prolific. We've got a lot of them out in the western part of the state of Texas, I mean, the Transfacus area. Sure. Of course, here we're kind of on the edge of North Texas or the Panhandle, but those populations there have increased unbelievably to huge numbers to where they literally are almost a problem, particularly in those areas where we're trying to increase the numbers of desert bighorn sheep, which we also have out in West Texas.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, and so, you know, the reason we didn't, weren't successful on day two was like we said, we, we knew, Going in there was a bad deal. We're yeah. going into their territory. But to, to speak on what you were saying, had that been a different scenario, if you were not prepared to do what it took, which was go up that, hike up that canyon, get up on right. top of that rim.
1: Yeah, we're you, talking about going up an angle at about mm, <laughs> 60 degrees. <laughs>
3: <laughs> then you yeah. would have you'd have left here empty-handed. Yeah. And yeah. we we chose not to do it because of the wind, because and it was a smart decision. Yeah. But, again, just like we've talked, these are free-range animals. They, they come and go as they please. There's nothing stopping them from being here. There's yeah. nothing stopping them from going. Oh. And, and by doing that. And they are a pressure-sensitive animal. Absolutely. Oh, yes. If you put any pressure on
2: them, they will, they will leave.
1: They will yeah. leave.
2: And they'll leave for a good while, and then before they ever come back. So,
3: yeah, well, I think, who was it? Maybe it was Joey or something. Was telling, talking today, and we we kind of, we, we kind of compared them to an elk, a herd of elk. You know, you take a shot at a herd of elk, and they run. They don't. They don't. They don't run just like a whitetail. Right. Or they don't run like a mule deer. They keep running. Yeah,
1: they keep going. And they
3: go and they go and they go, and it may take them a week, two weeks, three weeks to come back to that area. Yep. Yeah.
1: Let's talk a little bit about the the, uh, the firearm that we're using. And, and uh, I finally got to go out this afternoon, the last afternoon, and carry one of the same. But what were you using?
3: I was using the 7mm PRC by Mossberg. Uh, we were shooting a 175-grain Hornady uh, Precision Hunter in the ELDX. Um, we spent a little bit of time at the range with it. And and it took no time getting it on.
1: Oh, no, not at all.
3: And and that was my first time uh, with that gun and and my first time with that round. And fortunately, on day one, we were able to kind of make, as we were making our rounds, we came up on a a field with some hogs. Mm -hmm. And so we were able to send one down and and put a few hogs down. And and to be honest. Two hogs, to be frank about it, with one (laughs) shot. One Uh, shot. Two hogs, one shot. But I, we all had a good idea of what you know, the downrange velocity was going to be, what the impact was going to be. And, and we've seen it on the hog. I would take that gun. I, I would not question taking that gun up against 350-pound, fully mature, no all that at 350 can. yards. I definitely would not worry about it. Yeah. You. No.
1: What optics were you using? And I do know <laughs> the answer, but I'm going to ask you anyway.
3: <laughs> I was using a Trichicon AccuPoint. Uh, Three by 18 by 50. Um, It's got the little green tritium dot in it. And, and, you know, everything aside, that green tritium dot is the most phenomenal thing out of any optic I've ever looked through. You know, I got to play with it a little bit this last hunting season. And, as a matter of fact, one of the hunts that we were out here, you know, the the way that one white tail walked in that we took, the moment I pulled my head up, that green dot, it's just, it's right there in the line of sight. There's no, there's no focusing. There's no.
1: It just draws you to it, that right center of the crosshair. It, it just seems
3: it. like the moment your eyes land behind that gun, it's like the green dot is exactly where it's supposed to go. And, and, and same thing with, you know, being down there at the range. It's so much easier to get on target. It's so much easier. So it,
1: quicker. So much, so much quicker, quicker to get
3: on target, too. And, and that's, in my opinion, in this scenario, in, in the all that scenario when we're long distance i don't know if that all dad's going to be moving Going to be low light or what that green tritium dot i truly believe will make the difference of you having to let an animal walk or being able to take a good ethical shot
1: i've mean, been using them now for a long time and I've, I've used them of course in africa and things like uh all kinds of planes game you know including kudu and you know, Waterbuck and and I'm um, just the list is on and on but also on Cape Buffalo and the thing about it is and I'm getting ready to go on a black bear hunt here before too very long up in Alberta and I've just got one of the seven PRCs and the uh, uh, Patriot um, Predator I'm sorry the
3: Patriot Predator
1: yes, yes the Patriot uh, uh, Predator and with it the beauty of it is a lot of times if you're hunting and in, in, in dark situations. Now the beauty of the scope and beyond all that is it's a 30 millimeter tube so you got more light transmission and the ones we're using have got a 50 millimeter front objective as well too. More light coming in. Then also Trigicon has all kinds of very special coatings that put on the lens that also help increase the light transmission into the and through the scope. But uh, black crosshairs in a dark situation against a black animal you know, sometimes they're tough to see, and so that little green dot again, it really draws you to that point, makes your shot a whole lot quicker, and, and two, it, it very shot precise placement kind of thing too. And and what we're learning about those Mossberg guns, and I've got three of them that i shooting right now, a 270, 30 out six, and the 7 millimeter PRC or the 7 PRC. They're unbelievably accurate. Yes, sir. And uh, particularly with the horny bullets that we're shooting, the horny loads that we're shooting. And so uh, it's a pretty good combination. And particularly the trigger is really nice and all that other kind of good thing. Doing a little bit of commercial here for the uh, Mossberg Patriot, but very reasonably priced. And my gosh, unbelievably accurate from everything. And I've, I've, I've shot three of them now and I've shot some others as well. Those are the three that I bought and own. And, uh, they're pretty good kind of guns when you get right down to it.
3: Yeah. Well, truth be told, they deserve the commercial. I mean, well, we, they do. we had I, a successful year this year. We did. With with Mossberg.
1: And a lot of them hunting with this guy right here, Absolutely. as a matter of fact.
3: Yeah. <coughs> yeah. And, since
1: we t- since we talked a little bit about the uh, <coughs> excuse me the dust, I think it's finally getting to me. But uh, talking a little bit, we talked a little bit about the guns, optics, and the ammo that we're using. Let's talk a little bit about. This guy right here and where you're headed with uh, the hunting that you've done. You know, I have been very fortunate. We've been hunting together now seriously for about five years. Oh, five I've years. taken some unbelievable animals with you on this property and other properties as well too but you're really now taking what you've done those last five or more years plus a lifetime of hunting experience and turning it into
2: own little adventure. <laughs> I mean, you know, I can say a little adventure. It's it seems to be growing legs every time we turn around. So, and hey, we'll continue uh, doing so. Well, you know, and I'm for good with, reason. With, with us partnering with the Journey TV show, being y'all's premier outfitter, <laughs> is going to be a, a boost to us above and beyond, and we appreciate that. But in the long run, you know, although we used to be under a different name in the past. Right. We're still the same company. Absolutely. Just just under new ownership now. And we're going to continue on with the working with biologists and working with you and Brandon and trying to improve everything we do because we do want to be one of the best out there. And what comes with that is also a lot of growth. And uh, as we talked before, you know, about, well, how many hunts do you have left? Well, I got 35 phone calls sitting there waiting on me right now just for me to call them back. And I told everybody April 1st is before I start doing anything just because I've got to finish up last year's bookings before we ever get
1: to the next year. year. Well you you do and you're also under a a management program so that you're set up through the uh, managed land permit. That's correct. So you got to do surveys and all that other kind of thing and then take those recommendations to the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department and they have to approve it. So they're going to be the ones who will be the final determining factor. Are you going to have I'm using this just as an example. You're going to have ten bucks, or you're going to have forty bucks well, that you can and harvest. Unfortunately,
2: you know? a lot of times it's October before they let me know. Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's later on down the road. I mean we we put in for it in, in in May. Right. And you know, but you by the time you get your counts done, which is we're going to do most of our counts in usually August, September, October, right. because you got to wait for the antler growth to come on. You got to wait for everything. Yeah, wait for the but can distinguish
1: the fawns from the sure, does and all that exactly. kind of thing.
2: So, I mean, it's just a kind of mm-hmm. hurried up wait game, uh, but. All while everybody's knocking at the door. All while everybody's yeah. knocking at your door. And, and Anxiously you know, knocking anxiously. on the door. Anxiously. But, you know, uh, you know, I, I kind of have a number in my head, you know, based on from what we work with year, right. year to year to right. year. Um, you know, and we're in constant communications with y'all and discussing you know, based on the drought, what happened this mm-hmm. last year yeah. and the year before, and what is our projection forward as far as, as, far as rain? What are we going to be looking at? You know, if we don't get any more spring rains right now, it's going to be tough again. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. You know, in our basic MLD program right now, they're going to allow us about ten bucks. Yeah. Is what they're allowing us, and there's sometimes that I'll only book five hunts. Right. On whitetails, and I have five more just sitting there. But I, I don't want to overbook because I don't want to overkill.
1: Yeah, you don't want it to take up all of your your older yeah, age you class. No, 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 you I don't know. want to do that. Well, man, no. just
3: because the state says you can kill ten, your experience, that's your your <laughs> me, decades you of, of, of not <clears throat> only being a hunter, that's but but managing the lands and properties that you've hunted your whole life, right, has told you, you know. You you know what what that threshold is. Yes. I can kill ten. I'm just really not comfortable killing more than five. That's right. That's
2: right.
3: And I think that's a good thing. Well, I, you know, yeah. I know that may not be what everybody wants to hear, but that that enables this future, so Please. that things can be said like Larry. Hey, I've come out here for countless years and I've killed tremendous animals out here, but it's because of those management decisions. Absolutely. That the, that the, they're absolutely crucial.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we discussed that on the mule deer side. Right. When I got here, there was five mule deer does and there was two little four-point bucks. And, you know? and, I mean, and I'm talking like you little
1: four-corns. Little 4 Yeah, yeah.
2: And, and that was it. I mean, you didn't see anything else. No. Everybody that was here prior was just hunting and hunting and hunting, and I mean, these hills looked like a bunch of wild men running through and trying to kill the only mule deer there was. And so, so for the last 13 years, I shut off all the mule deer hunting, and um, when we started back again, we started back in the first year out. I don't even think we did. We kill one that first year. No, out, Larry? No. We, no. We didn't even kill one the first year out. So we came back the second year. Second year we ended up with two bucks over 160. Yeah, and you know, and that's that's a threshold. That's that's where I'm looking to take this thing. I, you know, people call me, like, and the first question I always get is. Well, how big are your whitetail? Average. Because every ranch in the state of Texas, unless you're on a high fence, constant protein, your average animal in my world is gonna be 120 to 135, 140. And that's gonna be it. And so, if you get one of those, because we are low fence, free range, and we've taken deer up to a 185.
1: And we've that's seen that deer big. That, big that big and bigger. And
2: bigger. <laughs> yes. And you know, they're here. uh it takes a great year to make that happen but whenever it happens they just explode it blooms we have the great genetics here and yes you do The the one thing that between us that we discussed this last year was that we weren't going to take any dose yep because of the death loss that we had because of the the big freeze and and the the overall population was way down it was just way down so you know that was a that was the discussion between amongst us that hey Let's back off. We don't want to do that this year. And, you know, a lot of people in a outfitting set or scenario would probably go ahead and take those animals anyway.
3: Oh, yeah. Because you I, hate to tell a client no, right? Well,
2: I, I'll tell you no before I, I, I'm going to ruin my stock. <laughs> and
3: that's what makes AA that's,
1: outfitting so good. There you go. But, you know, there you I go. also
2: want when people come here, it's a total enjoyment of I want you to come in here. I want you to enjoy yourself, I want you to relax. I want you to be able to go hunt and look at the animals you're looking to hunt. And you know, what that scenario is, I'm, I'm pretty much a semi-guided when it comes to whitetail. Yeah. You pick your own trophy. Yep. Don't have me out there picking your trophy. And, uh, but we'll help people along. I mean, we, we have cameras everywhere. We know kind of what's out there, what's around. And we'll show people, hey, hey, if you want to stick to your guns and stay right here, these animals are on a four-day pattern. We know if you stay with that same blind or whatever you're setting for four days, that animal's most likely if somebody else in that country had shot him. He's going to come by, and and we've been very successful that way of killing some very large
3: animals. You have so, and Mr. Wyson himself has killed a couple of the large animals.
1: I have. I've been very fortunate. Of course, i have hunting with the the these guys that he has. His guides are fantastic. David, your brother. With Joey and and uh, and Brandon, who we've dealt with here the last couple of days, yep. Yep. you're you're very fortunate, very but also very selective in the people that you you, you have working with you, kind of thing. But you know, he, he forgot to mention one thing. Food.
3: Food. Well, I was going to bring it up <laughs> because uh, that is one of my favorite things to bring up. About I, this mean, place. I, I come up here to do nothing but eat. To be honest with you. Well, I can. T- I'll tell you this. Two things. <laughs> My pants. When I leave here, I have to wear dirty pants on, But I'll tell you why, because the pants already been stretched out. But the thing, that, one of the things that I love about here is, is, is you you literally feel like you're part of the family. And, and you,
1: you do make people feel like they are not only part are, of the yeah. family, but well, part of the family that they've known and you've known for a you know since you're little kids. just all kind but of. But it's thing. a culture that
3: you have built because. The, the, the guides, they treat people that way too. That way as well. And, and that is because that is the culture, that is the feeling from the moment you grab that door handle, when you walk through the door to the moment you walk out. I remember my very first time, my very first time I walked through that door, you shook my hand and, and Dave grabbed me by the other arm and said, you're hungry, right? And I said, "No, sir." And he said, "You're hungry. You're hungry. You're eating a breakfast sandwich. You are sandwich. hungry." And, he, you know, and from there, it was just you just walk in, and nobody's a stranger. so oh. you know, but it's it's not even that that makes this place special. It, it it is the memories that you make, because the land just has this this property. This land has a way of just getting a hold of you because it's so beautiful. It does. That you know, for sure. and and. and I, s- I probably sleep better here sometimes than I do in my own home.
1: I can assure you that my, my case, this is my opportunity to come over here, to relax, to have an absolutely great time. We, we, we've we been shooting video, we've been shooting photography. I've got a bunch of articles that are due, that I need to do about this part of the country. We've got, we're doing TV shows for The Journey, which is on Carbon TV. That, that is Brandon's uh, baby, Bra- Brandon's hub. Uh, Brainchild, all those other kind of things, and I'm fortunate to kind of to be able to tag along with it. But in shooting some of the footage that we've done through Chris Daniels, who is an absolutely fantastic videographer, photographer, all those things that, that works with, uh, with Stonehurst production that you guys own, I, I will have to tell you, though, and, and with the photography that I've done, and I've, I've done a lot of photography, there's no way to duplicate or even come close to the grandeur and the beauty of this country by simply shooting photographs for video it to me you've got to come to experience it kind of thing
3: we've tried it, it just and, didn't work you well, know? No, it, no way you just got to come see it and, and in this this particular trip we, I told Chris I said I want to try to figure out a way to shoot this and film this place in a way people can understand and I mean even even in the times where we you we had to drone down in the canyons to shoot footage of how beautiful it is and going up it, and you watch it all and shot in high definition 4K. And, and that is a real good way to show the overall how big it, and vast this place is, but they still will never understand until you physically lay your eyes on it. You feel like you are in a completely different world. And it is a different world. It, it has it a way is. of getting, uh, of, of sticking with you and And we're not just just talking
1: about the red dust too so
3: (laughs) (laughs) no no we're not we're not we're talking about every bit of this place you know from the hospitality you get with everybody involved to the way it looks out of the window of a blind to the window of your pickup when you're driving out in the pasture when you see those those canyons for the first time there's nothing like it I could care less that if we kill something
2: well, there's a lot of times you know we can even pick those blinds that are like with the way we've got them set up that you know it's just some take somebody there before dark put them in there and then leave and then that's all they can talk about whenever they come back out that <laughs> oh that is the goodness. best prettiest set uh-huh. i've ever set on <clears throat> in my whole entire life and it did not matter if they saw a deer it was just the fact that that was the prettiest dead goat set they'd ever said well that's the
3: good life. thing too is all you all the stands there's not a bad stand, one, first of all. No. But second no, of all, no. there's not a, There, this is, none of the stands have a tight viewing. Right. Every one of these stands, they do, they have beautiful views. Hey, well, and they have things to look at in every window in that blind. It's not
1: like you're sitting there like in deep south Texas where it's brush country. And you're looking down this, cindera this way, and a cindera this way. And the only places that you can see anything are in those open cuts you know it's a deer being nothing but a road through yep. there are cut through a bunch oh, of okay. dense brush you, you can literally see and you can sit there in glass and glass miles away across the canyons and uh, even though you may not be able to get there you, you're watching all these different things you're watching turkeys you're watching hogs coats coming by bobcats occasionally kind of thing always the opportunity for a mountain lion to come by whitetail and mule deer and of course there are a few hogs here too, yeah, and you you do dad. some special hunts, and and our dad, right? Uh, but you do some hog hunting here too. That's mm-hmm. just out of this world in in terms of, of the the quality and the quantity of what you can what you see when you're here.
2: Well, you know, it, it all goes back to the same thing. You know, one of the things when we're talking about the deer blinds, people ask me how many deer blinds you have. I don't know a
1: lot. <laughs> a lot is right. But
2: the one thing that I try to make sure and do is, if, if somebody comes in on a hunt and they take an animal from that blind, that blind is at that point in time is marked off my list. Yeah. We don't go back to that blind unless yeah. something is absolutely necessary, or we have something that just comes a bigger animal that comes in and takes a place. A lot of times we don't even hunt the same blinds. For the whole year, I mean, we exactly. we move around. I mean, there's some blinds. Last year, we never hunted them, not a single time. Right. But there was good animals there, but they weren't mature animals, and they there was you didn't want to put people in there to tempt them with a three and a half year old no. that's got a 20 inch spread mainframe ten point because they they just didn't understand that. Hey, give that deer two more years, and
3: he's going to be something. Oh, but that's also another thing that's that's a great asset out here is that that's a, also a way y'all have kept the pressure off these animals. That's great. Where, whether it be a mule deer or a whitetail, by not going back into those areas, has really kept the the amount of wildlife that's here very wild.
2: Well, you you also know you and y'all can vouch for it. When you drive around on this thing, we don't just shoot animals out of a pickup wheel. Oh, no, no, no. So when we drive around, the animals will just stand there and watch you. Yeah. I mean, that to me, that that is a point of showing that your animals are comfortable in their own settings and you're not pressuring them. I mean, some of them run because they just run. But as a whole, most of our animals here, even pigs, don't run. Nope. Because we're not just blasting away at everything.
3: Which is a great thing because... It has enabled us to take so many incredible photos out here.
1: And you know, video as well too. And
3: video. You know, I mean, we've got some beautiful pictures, some beautiful video video, because of that reason. Because those animals have not associated those pickups with danger. That's right. I've never seen anybody shoot out of a pickup here. Mm. And I've never heard of a story of it being happening out here either.
1: Of being tempted
3: i sure. You, I will tell you that it does happen if the coyote runs across the well, I, I, It I, Yeah, I mean, no, don't get me wrong. I'll, I wanted to throw that rifle across your, your, your lap the other day and shoot that all dad. Oh, yeah. Let's let's go on. Let's go let's on Let's go on that. to the next scenario. Next subject, Larry. Next subject.
1: <laughs> next no, question. I, 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 the air is light, quite frankly. The fire is warm. and. Unfortunately, we both, you and I have to go home tomorrow. I've got to go to, uh, the, you've got business to take care of as far as the journey and some mm-hmm. family business as well, too, that y'all are involved in. And I know you got some things you got to do. And got to go to Arizona. Got to go, got to go to Arizona.
2: And it's Easter weekend. And it's Easter weekend,
1: yeah. The, the, for those of you who don't know, uh, Craig is involved in, in several different things, but you're also involved in, tell us a little bit about the drought insurance thing.
2: Well, I've been doing that for going on 15 years now and it's a you know it's a government program that's called the pasture range forage program right and what we do is we sell a pasture range forage that's based off of rainfall to a rancher and uh, you know with like say we've been doing it for 15 years and or I've been doing it for 15 years but now my main territory is mainly from Texas all the way to the west coast wherever <laughs> I need to go so I spend a lot of time from September through December on the road. Uh,
1: you do, and, what the, and when you're not on the road there, you're here. I'm here. Thank you, think, yeah. and you've been here most of the time when I've been here. I know occasionally you've had to leave and those kind of yeah, things. I and, leave and and, uh,
2: like but there's, there's uh, a few more things we've got But you're clear.
1: also involved in, in, in so many other things. Uh, Kelly Kimbrough.
2: Kelly Kimbrough.
1: For those of y'all that may remember the Ruger girl is Kelly Glenn. The
2: Kelly Glenn.
1: And of course both people that know anything about the Southwest or anything about recent jaguars and all that thing know about Warner Glenn uh, Kelly's dad. Of course Kelly's a dear friend she and I both served on the Ruger uh, ambassador type thing. She was the original person I was the second person there and in, in, in all that kind of thing but y'all have got an event coming up in, and I want to cover that and then we'll, we'll we'll head to the bed because we all got to get up early early in the morning but y'all got an event coming up sometime in april
2: we do it's going to be the last weekend of april last end. weekend of april Twenty seventh, 28th and 29th if my memory served my memory surgery me right but it's a uh event's called earn your spurs Inc. and it was put together by kelly and i and Mackenzie and Mackenzie well, being kelly's McKenzie daughter being kelly's daughter and we started it before COVID hit and we were going to do our first event and then COVID hit. and We've had to push it off. Last year was our first event, but what we do is it's 501 C3 and we, we donate money to kids wanting to go to, it's got to be a agriculture based scholarship that we give away. So what we're looking at is promoting the next generation of farmers and ranchers and agricultural workers for the next generation to come. And so um, that doesn't include just people wanting to go to like, we sponsor and we do a lot of stuff with East College out of Douglas, Arizona. Right. And uh, so we do a lot of stuff with them. Uh, but it also includes people that want to go to parade check schools or horseshoe in schools, welding schools, you know, right. anything like that that benefits the agricultural community and so that's, that's what we'd love to give our money for. But yeah, we've we got a great event coming up this year. Like I say, it's the end of April 27th, 28th, and 29th in Douglas, Arizona. And um, we're going to have Trent Wilman there and Craig Carter for the bands on Friday and Saturday night and have a big old dance and having a bull riding. Ranch rodeo, we're having uh, team roping. And then also we're having a, a combined rodeo with the college kids teamed up with the children that come in and we do cool. a, a, the first day what we do is we all the kids that can sign up come in and they get to work on whatever event they timed event they want to work on with a college kid and we do it all for free for those kids I to come it. in and do that stuff
3: i love it so,
1: how can people learn more about the event you
2: can go to earnyourspursinc.org on or wwwearnyourspurs on the website, and you'll see last year's event. You'll see all of the upcoming stuff that we've got going on, and it also tells all about the scholarships. When we put when you want right. to apply for those and how to do all that stuff.
3: And we'll have all that information for you uh, down below, so that you can get in contact, you can get involved with it, you can be at the event. Everything you'll need to know, we'll have available for you right below.
1: And we're talking about the the video version, and we'll make it available as well too, but it's EarnYourSpursInc.com, about the dot, I'm sorry, EarnYourSpursInc.org, and you can learn more about it there. Let's go back to your outfit. As far as uh, AA, how does somebody find out more about, I know you're probably almost booked on almost everything. We are. Yeah, that's well, yeah, but just in case, you know, if people wanna learn some more, maybe for about the future hunts yeah. as well too. How do they get in touch with you? I'll
2: tell you, like right now, the best thing is we'll just use my phone number and uh, we'll go with 325 uh, 660
1: Say that one more time, but do it slower.
2: 325 325- six, six, zero, four, two, seven, four. And that's Craig Archer. And, um, I'll give me an email set up. Brandon's helping me a lot on that. Side. we're
1: actually in the process.
3: And of there's, there's a, a of new Facebook setup. page oh, yeah. for, yeah. for double a outfitting. There is that. And that is, um, all you gotta do is just double a outfitting. It pops right up and, and all that information as well for the video form, all that information will be below for you too. Um, there's gonna be an Instagram page for the, for, the, the, um, for the ranch as well.
2: And when we update with phone numbers and... and Correct. With emails, we'll, we'll get those out there as well. And the
3: AA Outfitting actual website will come very soon as well too. Mm-hmm. And once that is, of course, we'll make sure everybody is, is up to date. Um, but on the video form, all of that will be below for you. Um, get in touch. If a hunt is what you wanna do or a hunt is what you're thinking about doing, don't think about anybody but double a outfitting
1: besides wearing a black hat brandon also does
3: <laughs> <Stack giving>. them. <laughs>
1: Stack them. his hats are, are many and he does all the social media and those kind of things tell those folks how they can get in touch with me or get in touch with you and also how to get in touch with the journey particularly with the, our, our podcast as well that we're doing now
3: well of course the everything is DSC campfires with Larry soon is on YouTube, it, with that handle. Right. Um, on social media, they can get a hold of either one of us through Larry soon on Instagram or Facebook. They can get a hold of me through those. They can get a hold of Larry and me through the Journey on Instagram and Facebook. Um, on YouTube, it's the, the Journey Television. Um, any questions that you have no matter what it is i say this every time i'm going to keep saying it until i know everybody knows it you, it is always us who respond Absolutely. it may take us a little bit um,
1: if we don't respond it's because we're on a hunt somewhere yes. or we're tied up with something where we can't get away from it yes. but if you'll get in touch with us i promise you it will be either he or i real people it won't be some secretary or or some person that that we've hired for the day to do those kind of things and we would dearly love to hear from you we'd love to hear from you about some of the things you might like to learn about some of the things you'd like to hear about if you got any questions anything having to do with wildlife management hunting or anything along those lines, please try to get in touch with us and we'll do our very best to get you an answer as, as soon as we possibly can. So Absolutely. until we get an opportunity to be together again next week here on DSC's Campfires, really appreciate y'all being with us. We look forward to you being with us again next week, right here. DSC's Campfires is also been brought to you by the Crown Bar in the Grange and Round Top, Texas, Texas Wildlife Association. Double nickel taxidermy, H3 white till solutions, and Burnham Brothers game calls.